0: super cool man.
1: Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas with the Super Cool Radio, back with another interview. My guest at this time, he's part of a band that recently signed with Pavement Music. They are national touring glam rock, rock and roll boogie woogie, known as the Midnight Devils. He is the bassist and vocalist, Sam Spade.
0: What's up? How are you doing today? Hey,
1: I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I'm doing absolutely great, yeah. I, I want to kick this interview off with a very fun question, because as I said, part of a national touring band, you've played with a bunch of different bands. Who are like some bands that you've played with that people should really check out?
0: Uh, we've played with a ton of bands, and I was thinking, the cool thing about the Midnight Devils is that we not only play with bands, but we match really well with... Uh, like performance artists or acts or, or anything that's just that's on the fringe of what is considered like normal. So we played with like uh, death match wrestlers. That's one of our big ones is like guys that come out and there's no ring and they, they beat the hell out of each other with like baseball bats and neon lights. And that's like what, our money. So uh, stuff like that, drag queens the drag shows we do really well, midget wrestling, all these these really crazy things that we get to be a part of. And you wouldn't think it would work so well, like the fire spinners, the air acrobatics, it's so much fun. And we kind of decided like, hey, anybody can put on a show. Anybody can grab a couple bands to play with. We're going to do shows that are just beyond like events, you know, stuff that that's just you would never see. We got the balls to do it. We're going to do it. As far as bands are concerned, uh, we toured with uh, with the Choir Boys before the 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 virus hit. And that was like, uh, I remember when I was 16 watching videos of the Choir Boys playing at like uh, Castle Donnington, And then fast forward like 10 years, 20 years later, like we're hanging out with him at the bar. We're drinking with them. We're touring with them. It, it's a beyond cool feeling to have. And you just kind of like pinch yourself and you're like, that's the same guy that was playing to 100,000 people in Donnington. And now we're talking about normal stuff, like our lives, our families and stuff like that.
1: No, that's really cool. Like to see like people like, oh, I want to, you know, just see them live in concert, but to actually get to actually play with people you grew mm-hmm. up like watching and listening to. That's just incredible.
0: Yeah, so bands like that, that was that was like a big touring act. The, the bands that we love are like the, the straight up glam bands or punk bands, a uh, band from New York called The Erotics. We had so much fun. We went up to their uh, hometown And and it was like a house bar. In New York, the the bars are like houses. And uh, it was the singer's birthday. They brought in like 30 people into this house bar, packed it in there, and everybody just had a blast, man. And those are the kind of shows that we love. It's really the ones that are just almost uh, almost like that punk rock feeling where there's no difference between the crowd and the band. And everybody's there. They look great. Everybody's just having a blast. That's our bread and butter right there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, like, those smaller shows, I don't know, they just seem to
0: have, like, more energy and just, yep. like,
1: everyone wants to be there.
0: Like, the way it used to be, like, when when you were 18 or whatever, you'd do, We in my hometown, we would book out, like, the local VFW or whatever and play the shows, but nobody was old enough to drink, so they would all... Watch the band play, and then during the br- the break, the set change, they would go outside and drink in the parking lot or whatever. And inevitably, the cops would show up. It'd be this whole big thing, and th- that's the kind of energy that we love doing. Yeah, that sounds
1: really cool. And honestly, like listening to you guys' music, like just going back to what you said about like with deathmatch wrestling, midget wrestling, drag sh- uh, shows, and all that stuff. You're honestly, your music fits into just yeah. that kind of just like misfit kind of just doesn't really fit in any kind of certain genre. It's just like, this sounds really cool. And now you have like a performance art to put a soundtrack to.
0: Yeah, and that's the cool thing is that we are, even though we are pigeon, like we are a glam rock band. We're straight ahead. I mean, if you took all the makeup off, it's three guys playing rock music, that's easy. But we get put on these bills with like death metal bands and all these super heavy bands or any kind. And so it's like a challenge for us to win over crowds within the first song or second song. Cause we'll walk out, you know, looking ridiculous. People are like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know who are these guys and uh, who are these girls. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and, and, and you, you have that challenge to win them over. And inevitably we always do because it's just that energy is uncontrollable. And people will latch onto that and they're like, we're going for this ride. We're going to do this thing. Yeah, for sure. Now,
1: I've also heard this, you
0: know, when
1: you emailed me about this, I heard that you have in the works that you're going to be working with Japanese metal band Loudness. Yeah. How excited are you to actually work with, you know, to tour with them?
0: That's that's another one of those dream come trues. And I've been telling people, like, I don't do anything. We don't get, like, breaks. Like, we don't get favors done to us. All it is is kind of luck. Like, I'll go out there and scour and email and email and email. I'll get 100,000 no's, but I'll get one yes. And that was one of the yeses is that they were looking, it was in 2020. We were supposed to do that tour October. I was supposed to go out and uh, we got back from the choir boys tour. We we're sitting at home just like everybody else. I saw this tour was going to happen. I emailed the guy. He's like, yes, we would like him. I'm like, Oh, I called the guys up. and I'm like, we're going on tour with loudness. This is going to be the third shows at the whiskey go-go, you know, the, the legendary whiskey and go-go. And I'm like, we'll take it. We're going to do this. And, and that's like a, the other guys in the band are huge fans. If you if you've met our guitar player Chris Heinlein, he plays like a star, like Akira Takasaki does. So he's a huge, huge fan. So for them, it's it's an incredibly big opportunity. Yeah, I know
1: it sounds like a killer lineup, killer tour. You guys mm-hmm. are loudness. And for anyone not familiar with loudness, like what can they expect for this late 2021 tour with loudness?
0: It is a month-long tour. Uh, coast to coast and back so it's like the big swirl around the country and I've heard that loudness hasn't been in the States for I don't know years now every time they've, they've been booked to come in their visas get canceled so everybody's like looking forward to it they've canceled two or three times already so they're like uh, 500 seat venues all across the country uh, and it's their 20th they're celebrating 20 or 30 years from, there's some big anniversary of, an, of a record. I think it's 30 years since like Beast in the East or something was released. So they're like, every, everybody goes, oh, I love Loudness, I love Loudness, but they have never toured in the States for 10 years. So we're gonna make up for that lost time. And for us to be on the bill, it's just, it's, it's huge. People are gonna be there. And I think it's perfect timing if it, if it all goes as planned. Like my fingers are crossed. Perfect timing, October, 2021. 20, Concerts are starting to happen. I think this is the perfect time for a tour of that size to go out. Yeah, I really hope it works out for you guys. I know we still got some
1: couple months in between, and right. I really hope everything starts to trend in the right direction.
0: And and that's what uh, we had a manager that pushes. Before we even got hooked up with this manager, uh, we landed the loudness gig. He goes, that's perfect. Uh, Japanese, the Japanese culture, you guys would fit in so well with the the Japanese because everything's kind of, a performance art there as well with the makeup and everything he goes this is the best opportunity for you guys to start uh pushing uh japanese hashtags and all of your stuff do this and and we're like we'll get to this but we're hooked up really big with enough's enough and they're huge in japan so we're just trying to push that as far as we can just be like hey we're ready to go to japan let's go got the passports you know
1: I think it'll be really cool, I mean I and honestly, I do agree you guys fit with you know as a performance art, just like with Japanese culture is very heavily influenced with the uh, with performing arts. I think honestly, midnight Devils in Japan sounds awesome
0: exactly exactly that's what we're hoping and and I think it would be beneficial for everybody because we would we would match and that's kind of what they're saying is you know, they don't know what Enough's Enough's gonna do. They want a big reunion, but it's almost like uh, they're taking the new guys under their wing to to, to kind of sprout and grow, grow those branches. Because without, I've been saying this to a lot of people, like what happens when like Def Leppard and Motley Crue and everybody, what happens when they retire? Who's left? It's gotta be the new guys. It's gotta be the new crew coming in and taking over f- for the the old guard that left.
1: Yes, for sure. Well- if they ever decide to officially uh, retire, yes, there is. <laughs> you have to have a younger generation, and yeah, we gotta have bands like yo, know, you guys mm-hmm. with that kind of performance art glam rock style to become the next generation.
0: Yep. Who's gonna be filling arenas in, in fifteen years? That's what I want to know. Like, it's not gonna be Def Leppard or Poison; they're gonna be gone.
1: Very true. Very true. Definitely not saying they're old or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yes, you're you're right. I mean, you got to look forward in the future who's going to be and who's going to be the next generation. I think you guys are definitely ready to step up to that plate.
0: Yep, and it's all about making those those moves. I I realized early on that, like, you have to pay your dues, especially in this business. Nobody's going to give you anything for free. You have to go out and get it and work for it. And it's just – you just take that little step up every time. Like, everything we do, we think, like, is this – and step in the right direction, or are we going backwards? We're always going to make that step up, and try and push it as hard as we can. For sure, I think that that just goes with like
1: life too. Is you got to look as am I going to be am I going to advance or am I going to go back down to where I was? And that's really the ultimate decision: is this going to help me or hurt me in the long run? Mm-hmm. And just like you said, and very relatable with me too. I've sent out a lot of emails like for guests and stuff, and usually. It's a lot of no's or I no res- I usually get no responses, but <laughs> occasionally I get good contacts and this is how we get great interviews with Sam Spade of Midnight Devils and th- stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd seen your, uh, the interview you did with the Almas and we were just talking to them. Uh, I was just talking to Crystal like two days ago about doing some sh- shows in the Midwest together. So like I love that band. I think they're a great rock and roll band. I think that uh, putting us together would be entertaining. It'd be fun. It'd be wild.
1: That would be a
0: hard rock and high energy show for right. you guys. And that's what we're thinking. Like, I've been saying this to a lot of people too, like, okay, once the, the virus ends, we need to put together a, a package tour, uh, much like bands did, like there was a tour in 91, it was Warrant, trickster and firehouse. And it turned out to be the biggest tour of 1991. And I listened to a podcast and go, why aren't we doing that right now with bands on our level? So you put three bands together that could just cross the country and give people a reason to be excited. And I would say, like, fuck your stadium tour, although I love Motley Crue and Poison, but you build it as that. Fuck your stadium tour. This is where the real rock and roll is. It's these guys that are out on the road busting their hump every night. And the Almas work so hard, you know, just like any other band. So I, I think that's something I'm, I'm working on, like a plan for the future. And I would
1: really like to see you know you guys with the albums. I've talked to them; they're super nice people we too. Just real hard rockers too. Their latest yep. album, True Cells, such a hard
0: rocking album. And we've done it. We've done I think one or two shows with them, and just had a great time. An absolute blast. We were up in in Wisconsin and did did a big party with those guys.
1: Yeah, I um, I did like a, like a forty-five minute interview with them, but I was talking to them for like
0: over an hour, like uh, you know, outside of the interview. It
1: was just, they're just so cool.
0: And then I'll tell you the good thing about them—the thing that I respect most—like they work very hard, and they'll go out and play shows, do these tours, like sleep in their in their van or sleep in the Walmart parking lot, and all this stuff. Like they're hardcore, and that that's a lot of scores a lot of points in my book because they're actually real, and that's how it's supposed to be done.
1: Yeah, they're really driven
0: and very motivated.
1: Yep. So hey, looking forward to all the all the cool stuff and all the cool shows you're working to put together because they sound really awesome, I oh, mean. But going, going back to you because I'm interviewing you, um, kind of just taking a way back. When did you know you wanted to become a musician?
0: I was I was really 16, about 16, eighth grade when it hit me. And I grew up in a small town here in Nebraska. I went to uh, like a private school, so it was a Christian private school and they showed us these videos of, uh, it was called Hell's Bells, it was a propaganda video of how rock and roll was the devil's music and if you listened to it, if you played the records backwards, if you studied the covers of these bands, like they were promoting Satan worship. And I was like, that's fucking cool, that's really cool, like I don't believe it, but I, I like the idea. And that's really what hooked me in is that it wasn't for my parents. It wasn't for my friends. They, my friends didn't get it, but I got it. And w- my buddy brought in uh, Detroit Rock City, the Kiss song. And, like, the first time you you hear your favorite band, you remember that all the time. Whoever your favorite band is, the first time you hear that song, you're like, boom, I get it. And uh, my, my teachers hated it. My parents thought I was, like, w- worshipping the devil and everything like this. I'm like, no, I'm just really into Kiss. I'm really into rock and roll music. And they're like... You can't wear those shirts to, to school because it's knights in Satan service. But that pushed me farther to go, I, I really like this, and I've kind of found a home and an outlet for what I want to do. And I joined my first band the, like two years later. I got a guitar. My parents bought me a guitar. Joined my first touring band two years later, and I, I never looked back. And it, there was never a question of looking back and be like, should I do this or should I not do this? It's This is what it is. It gets in your blood, and you have to you have to keep going. And I think that's the best advice somebody gave us is they're like, even if you're the worst band in the world and you stick together for 30 years, you'll be known as that band that stuck together for 30 years. So I, it was really early on and music had always touched me. So I was like, I grew up on uh, the Beach Boys and Elvis. And that's kind of where that boogie woogie influence comes from in our music is that I, I really like that old school rockabilly style 50s sound.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it, it's kind of funny seeing those, like, propaganda videos mm-hmm. and, like, you know, it's, it's Satan worship and all that stuff. It's just kind of funny looking back and seeing that, just how, like, seriously they took this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just kind of funny to me.
0: They're, like, listening to the songs backwards and stuff like that. like, did you hear that? It said Satan. K- kills to Hail Satan. I was, like, I don't think so. I don't think that, and I kind of knew enough to be, like, these guys are, are just dudes, you know, that are all, they're partying and they don't care about worshiping Satan. They want to go out and make money and have fun and and play rock and roll music. But my, my teachers and everything were just hell bent on this. They showed it every day in school, it seemed like.
1: (laughs) And and just looking back, like, I mean, like Kiss, Motley Crue and bands like that really got like the, oh, this is Satan worship, even though Mm -hmm. it's just like hard rock music that like Honestly, looking back compared to like some music nowadays, it was right. actually a like, game compared to back then.
0: And I get it now. Like, I get it. And we've had even, even bands, like, uh, not bands, but parents comments. Like, like we had an article in the paper written about us. Like the devils are coming to town. Like you gotta hide your, hide your children, hide your daughters and everything. Cause the devils are coming in and uh, these guys dressed in makeup, we're going to come promote their, I don't know your their ideals or whatever, but I and I get it because people are scared. We look crazy. People are scared, but that's part of the show. And especially with bands like Ghosts or anything like that, it's about pushing that envelope. It's about uh, pushing an idea and making that idea come to life.
1: Yeah, and just like I mean, one of my favorite artists is Alice Cooper, and I, told yeah. I know of my interviews. But like he was pushing the the boundaries like back in like the early se- oh yeah gotta- yeah nice. Oh, that looks cool, man! Yeah, and he was like pushing the boundaries back in like the early '70s. I mean, he he shot a dummy out of a cannon of himself. Yeah. I mean, like stuff like that. That was it's more than just seeing someone play music. It was a show.
0: Mm-hmm. I love Alice Cooper too. One of my absolute favorites. I think he he wrote the book on how to shock and and awe an audience. And I've seen him a bunch of times. I've seen him on that tour he did a tour where he opened for motley Crue, right oh,
1: yeah i saw that too yeah
0: okay so i'm like man alice cooper comes out fucking destroys the place he's cutting heads off there's electricity and Motley crew Cr- Cr comes out and i was like what that was it like how do you follow alice cooper there's no possible way it's he, incredible and the show and really it's just a complete sensory overload and that's what i love about rock and roll
1: yeah, I mean, it just going back to that tour. I mean, he like, he got his head chopped off. He had a snake on stage. Yeah. He had a jacket, Just all the like insane ideas, and yet he makes it all work. And there's mm-hmm. continuity with everything.
0: And it's all like out of his brain, out of his creative mind. Of how how can I push this farther? Or I, I don't even know if he's pushing it on purpose. But that's what he he's created, and I love that that he's created such an an spectacle or an over the top. Performance just out of his mind,
1: yeah, and for doing it for so long, and that he keeps changing his like set list and all of his visuals so that when you see him, it's never stale, it's always something different.
0: Yep, he wrote the book, and and we're really, uh, we are really fans. First of all, we're fans, so we really watch these bands and how they do stuff, whether it's Alice Cooper, whether it's Kiss, whether it's Van Halen. They wrote the blueprint on how to be in a great rock and roll band. So I follow that. Me and the guys in the band we follow that to the T. How do you get how do you book a tour? How do you write a record? Do all these things that the guys before you did because it worked.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, these legends really have laid down just the uh, the foundation yes. of what it is to be a successful band and how to do it. Mm-hmm. And we really just got to look at like look what they did and obviously obviously had to change and accommodate for modern times, but the
0: blueprint is still there as you said. And it, and it and it works and I see it working every day. And really what pushed what pushed us out of our comfort zone was Jimmy, our drummer was like, there's two things. It's like the first one was like, okay, we're gonna be not just your average 80s hairband. That's not us. We're like this hyper glam rock, uh, glitter, lipstick, tutus, these robes, all that, it's over the top. It's, it's anything you can think of, you take that times 10. And that's what separates us. And then the other thing was, he goes, Let's take the band out of the Midwest and just, we're going to lose a ton of money. We're going to book shows ourselves, DIY punk rock style, but we're going to go to LA. We're going to go to New York. And that's what's going to separate us from, we're going to make this jump. And it worked. Like we lost a ton of money, but we made it out to LA. We played the Viper when we played in Vegas. Like We've done some, some cool stuff because we took that leap of faith.
1: You have to, I mean, there's staying where you are, I mean, it's, you can build a, a little bit of foundation, but you really have to expand and go mm-hmm. different places to really get your name out there. I mean, as you said, you're probably going to lose money, you know, trying to go all over the place, but at least people will know you. And that's like yep. your foundation to build your audience.
0: Yep. And you know that there's like, there's guys and girls in every city and every like kind of area that are into say a glam rock or kiss or they're into these weird expression performances and you just got to find those people and play 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 there engage that audience and it'll start building and so the next time you come through there's 20 more people and you just got to find your audience and push it
1: yeah for sure you yeah uh, identify what your kind of special niche is and just go for i mean obviously i think you guys have a little bit of an advantage because you don't have to play at necessarily a concert as you said you can play at a deathmatch show or a midget yeah. wrestling show or something like that
0: yeah, and it, that's the really cool thing is that we cross those boundaries of uh, we're not a, of punk rock and glam. It's, it mixes together to where we're not above like playing a house show. We're not above playing in a basement or or out in a field at a skate park. Those have turned into the funnest shows that we've ever done.
1: Yeah, I know there. You know, there's probably some bands who won't take bookings like that, but obviously you guys will, and that's how you've been expanding and building on what you guys have now.
0: Yep, and it's working.
1: And just get a little bit of a you know background about the Midnight Devils. How would that band come together and how did you choose the name the Midnight Devils?
0: We came from, so uh, Chris, our guitar player was in, uh, we were in like an 80s hair metal tribute band out of Omaha. And we had done some shows, uh, we've done a ton of shows. The band had been around forever. I have been in the band since I was 20. And uh, it, like as the road manager, tour manager, I got called up to the bass player. Chris was the guitar player. But at the end of the day, we weren't the bosses of that band. We weren't like the the calling the shots. And really, when you're, I feel when you're in a cover band, you kind of plateau at a certain level. And there's only so far you can really take it. The money's great, the shows are cool, but at the end of the, the day, you're like playing other people's songs, and that, as an artist, kind of sucks. You're like counting your money, going, "This is great," but it's other people's songs, and there's only so far you can go. So we decided that we would take it out and be like a two man acoustic group. So we did the hair, the makeup and everything. Went to these small town bars all through the Midwest playing two man acoustic. It was hard, it was terrible. The guys looking like us walking into a small town bar, not the funnest time, you know? And we're like, we gotta make this electric. And uh, we brought in a drummer, the drummer didn't work out. So we, we booked this, t- we got put on the, the Rocklahoma tour. Like well, we got put on the Rocklahoma festival and we booked a tour around it. I go, okay, this is our first big tour. And the drummer lasted like three days and on the fourth day he played the show walked out of the venue this was in kansas city walked out of the venue never heard from him again nothing i'm like we're on our way to the biggest festival of our lives a hundred thousand people we got no drummer and we got we got a hold of jimmy and he goes i would love to do it i'll learn the songs in the van you just got to come from kansas city to chicago pick me up and we'll get back to the rest of the tour so we rented a car drove 24 hours straight and made the rest of the tour work. and I couldn't believe it, and on the way back home, he's like, I think this is really working out great. Let's just keep going. And so he would ride the bus, the Greyhound bus, nine hours from Chicago to Omaha, get in our tour bus, and we'd go out and do shows, and then get on, get on the Greyhound and drive back to Chicago. It was just insane. The first year, he was in Omaha every weekend, but he had to ride the Greyhound bus every week, and it was really, really cool. That's kind of where we started. The name actually came from uh, with that other band we had. We put out an album called Just Midnight Devils. And I thought, well, I always wanted to be in a band like The Rolling Stones, The Who, The Clash, The Misfits. That's it. We just put the in the front of it.
1: Changes everything. <laughs> no, very cool. And I was. A lot could have went wrong without, you know, just having a drummer just completely leave, you know, and not hear from. But you guys made it work. I mean, obviously, dr- driving 24 hours, I don't really like driving that much. So no. <laughs> driving 24 hours, thats it's insane, but you got it done.
0: You, it, was, it was just like there was no question. It, it was just like, yeah, I can do it. Just come pick me up. I was like, cool. I'm on my way to the rental car place. I didn't even think about it. So I got in the car, and I'm like, man, I've never driven in Chicago. I don't know where this guy, I've never even met this guy. You know, and I went and picked him up, and then we had seven hours to get to know each other on the way back home. And he had learned all the songs just by earphones. And we got up and played these these massive, massive shows at Rocklahoma.
1: I mean, for all the factors that could have went wrong, it worked out perfectly for you. Yep.
0: yep, and it was just it was just that's how it w- is with this band. Is that nothing ever is easy for the Midnight Devils? It's always like a big. Uh, something always goes wrong. We have to overcome this giant hurdle just to play a show. And I've come to expect that, that there's something ridiculous is going to happen and something that at a left field is going gonna, is gonna to derail the situation. We always just have to figure out how to get over it.
1: Yeah, you just have to adapt and figure out a solution. I mean, that's just with everything, too. I mean, that's
0: the mindset you have to have for just anything you do. Yeah, you're like, it's only credit cards. We can pay those back over the next five years. No big deal.
1: Yeah. And some of these aren't even my credit card, so we're good. All right. So also in twenty eighteen you guys released I believe your debut album. Yep. Something bigger. How was the writing and recording your debut
0: album? It was good. It was it was a lot of we learned a lot uh, on that record. I'd never done I never really set out to do my own record or do do it. I was we we were all calling the shots, you know. Before in other bands, like, there were other guys calling the shots. This was the first time that we were like, we got to take the reins and make this happen. So you learn how to write songs, how to write good songs, how to record these songs. We did everything in Omaha at a studio called 2520 Studios. And, and we had a good producer. Everything went great. And it was just, like, the learning process. How do you get art done? Who, who do you even call to get album art done? I, I had no idea. Who do you call to get a 1,000 CDs printed? Where do you put your... You just learn all these things, you know? And and that's, a, we did it all ourselves. And that's the, the most exciting part, that we learned what to do and what not to do. So now, here we are two years later thinking, okay, we gotta fix the mistakes that we did on the last one and try and make this one even better. So the, I, I think that the first album was great, our first step out into the world showing, hey, we're the fucking Midnight Devils, this is us. We did all this ourselves. Let's let's keep going. Now with the next one, we get everybody's watching. You know, the pressure's on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I really enjoyed your debut album.
1: You definitely Thank announced your presence coming you. out with this album. And I'm really looking forward to your follow-up. I mean, Pink Halo, really fun song. I really enjoyed uh, you had a music video with it as well. Um, how was it, like, making that music video?
0: It was a blast. We, we had come up with the idea of let's do, like, so we spend so much time around each other in the bus we were like we just kind of bounce ideas off each other, and that was one of the ideas. Let's do like a fake drug deal, but make it funny. We wanted the fu- the music video to be like like the Foo Fighters used to put out these videos that were funny and entertaining, and not take ourselves super seriously. So that's that was the idea. Let's make and we made these cool uh, like kilos of glitter cocaine, <laughs> and I still got one like right over here. Like they're sitting on my
1: that's awesome man
0: and we like drive around with these kilos in my car and it was so crazy and we had glitter joints that we had rolled and we used rock candy that was like blue rock candy and the, the whole idea we wrote the script we did this we found the director it was perfect and the thing was the funny thing was when my mom saw it right and she goes I don't know if you guys are trying to be funny or not but you know that's a lot of illicit drug use in your video I was like Mom, it's it's glitter. It's that's the whole joke. You're missing the entire joke. She's like, "Well, I just don't like it. I just don't like." It. <laughs> it's like well, if my mom doesn't like it, that's cool. That's not a big deal. So
1: good. I, I think the music video turned out really cool. I, I'm very funny. I do like the connection with the Foo Fighters. I remember um, "Learn to Fly" yeah, by the food fires. Exactly. yeah, that. So that no, it's really cool. I mean, you have to have fun with the music videos. And if your parents don't approve, then you're doing something right.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep. They're like, I don't like that. You guys are smoking weed in the video. I'm like, we're not smoking weed. It's glitter. <laughs> me snorting cocaine. I'm like, he's not snorting cocaine. It's just glitter. <laughs> There's a gun in the video. Okay, the gun was real, but whatever. The guys in my band are, uh, uh, they're army veterans. So uh, Sniper, uh, the guitar player, and Jimmy are both, uh, they both served overseas in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. So they are like, they were, we were just sitting there. The gun wasn't even in the script. If you watch the video, and he goes, do you think I should use this gun in the video? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, I'm going to. So he puts it that- <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to do it now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, I I think it turned out very well. Very funny. And we're not doing drugs. We're just doing glitter. Hope Is that's not a street her? name for anything. a <laughs> 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 yeah, no, very fun. And... I, it really just tied in just like the whole the whole thing and honestly the whole album too. It just it really just tied into everything.
0: Yeah, it was cool and, and they really brought I can't give the director enough credit. Aaron Gum is his name out of Omaha. He really I had the idea, I had the script, he brought it to life. And he did everything to really capture our vision. And that that's cool to have somebody that gets on board and knows what you wanna do. And we I don't even think I talked to him that much prior to the, the video even getting shot and he's just like get the locations, do this, do this. We found an actress, and man, he just knocked that out of the park.
1: Yeah, for sure, and uh, and you can hit up Sam Spade if you want a kilo of uh, glitter.
0: I got one sitting right over here.
1: <laughs> Autograph that and sell it.
0: Glitter, you should have seen, like, so we shot it. We shot it at, uh, I work at a strip club, right? And even at a strip club you think, okay, there's going to be a lot of glitter around. But the night that we shot it was like a Saturday night, and there was piles and piles of glitter everywhere and the girls were like what the hell are you guys doing we're like we're shooting a music video don't worry but it was just everywhere you couldn't you couldn't get out like it wasn't you couldn't get it off the girls were covered in it all the customers were covered in it every time they walk and get on their shoes and they'd get all over the place i'm like this is the way a video should be shot
1: for sure i mean glitter is always very hard to handle anyway because it does get everywhere yeah. so you get it on everybody else and yourself i mean that's pretty funny it was great and so for everyone for anyone who hasn't listened to something bigger, what can they expect from this album?
0: It's it's a cool mix of uh I call it boogie-woogie glam glam rock boogie-woogie, but it's a cool mix of of our influences, of our influences whether it's Kiss, Van Halen, but we also came from that punk rock background too. That so it's like the Ramones, uh the Sex Pistols, the Clash, all these guys. That's really like the the backbeat, the heart and soul is that it's this cross where i grew up listening to the to the new york dolls to kiss and i bring that element in our guitar player chris is is a van halen nut so he's really the musical leader and director and is this this incredible guitar virtuosity that he brings to the table and keeps us all he was the one that keeps us in line he's like you guys gotta practice if you fuck up on stage you're gonna hear about it you know what's gonna happen like you don't want to get on his bad side where jimmy's like the guy that will he'll be smoking a joint back behind the drums, just going to town. I'm like, okay, it's like the perfect mix of of everything that we love, punk rock, Van Halen, glam. It's just that cool mix. And then we throw in, because I never had heard this, but we throw in that that kind of faster Pussycat style boogie woogie. So you make that, that sleazy uh, rockabilly. So imagine like Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis, but they're wearing pink lipstick. That's what it is, you know. I think that's a per- perfect
1: representation of the Midnight Devils. Because I agree, it does have, you guys have that sleaziness too, but yeah. I do, I say that in the highest compliment. No, we take um, that, yeah. Yeah, it's just some sleazy rock and roll, glam rock, and there's definitely some punk rock undertones in there yeah. as
0: well. And it's all about, it's all, we're always big on, on writing the hooks, writing the big choruses, and we want to... We want our crowd to sing along as soon as they possibly can, and that's really what we go for: is write these massive, massive anthem hooks.
1: Yeah, I couldn't say it any better. Like it has that, that ability to sing mm-hmm. and actually like know the words and know everything that's going on to like almost like the whole song too.
0: Yep, like so the first time you hear it, you're like, I get it, I understand what they're doing.
1: Hope everyone is enjoying my interview with Sam Spade of the Midnight Devils. As you can see, I am. But we're going to take a quick break and feature a teaser for Pink Halo. This is off their debut album, Something Bigger. Take a listen. I have some huge news that I heard about a couple days ago. It was announced. I saw it on your Instagram page. So Midnight Nose is officially signed with Pavement Music out of Chicago, Illinois. Yes.
0: How was how that? Did you sign with Pavement uh, Music? It was the most stressful thing in my life for like a week because I we're, we had been fiercely independent. And we've turned down a, a few record labels, but we've gotten turned down by like a 1,000 record labels. You know, so we're, So I was at to the point where I'm like, it's a point of pride for me when a record label turns me down. I go, that's cool. I don't really care because I don't need you. And then we, our booking agent was like, the Pavement Records is interested. And I was like, ah, we'll see what's up. And he sent me an email and the guy said the exact same thing you did. He goes, I love that you guys are a cross between uh, punk and glam and that it's different and it's new. And I think you guys would have a great fit. So he said the right things to me and it will help your touring. So we we're, were always about, like, how can we take it one step further? And it kind of, it, it was good, but it was stressful at the same time. So, like, once we got this contract signed and everything done, I was like, whoo! Like, we're officially, for the first time in my life, I'm an officially signed artist. And I've never, I've never been able to say that before. And it kind of opens your eyes. You're like, I got to do things a little differently now. It's not, we're not kids anymore. We're at we're the big time. Let's make this work. But I was talking to a friend, too. I said it was a gamble. We don't know. But we're going to take that gamble every time. We're going to take the gamble, whatever it is, to try and push our band. And the the, the least you can do is fail, and you're going to take another gamble down the road. That's what it was. And Tim Tim from Pavement brought us in. Has just been incredible so far. It's been a week, and he's already sending me messages like, hey, we're going to try and get your songs on uh, these mu- or, uh, these movies, like these horror movies hey, we got this tour opportunity, and it's only been a week. We haven't even put out anything yet. So it's cool. It's, it's, it's very exciting, and everybody's been so supportive so far.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about Pavement. I know my, uh, my friend's uh, Ditchwater, they're signed with Pavement as well. Oh, and Yeah. Good. They did good
0: for them? That's what I've heard
1: so far, yeah. They, they recently signed, I think, uh, uh, early 2020. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, My I, I work at a record store here in Lincoln, and my boss, I showed him, I go, look, at this is the list of the bands on. And that was one of the bands. He goes, oh, they're signed to that label? I was like, yeah. And Puddle of Mud and Head PE and Power Man 5000. So I'm like, okay, we're in good company with these guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. And honestly, like horror movies and Midnight Devils, that honestly sounds like a good combination. Yeah. I'm a huge horror fan.
0: That, okay. Yeah. I don't know. We just submitted a couple. We had done it before. And it was really cool. Like Sniper and I went to the, the video premiere. And we sat through this whole movie, like this this '80s horror movie. And right in the middle of the movie, they played our song, and I was like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing ever!" Like, we we were in the movie theater, and they were playing our songs. Kind of a cool thing to to witness. Super nerdy, though, you know. Yeah, I mean, mean,
1: but that's a very cool and proud achievement. I mean, obviously, I got a song in a movie, and I'm actually watching this movie along with everybody else. That's a really cool.
0: And at the end, as it going by really fast.
1: Yeah, so hey, it sounds like you got a lot of cool things in the works. I think you're with, you know, from what I've heard, a very good record label with Pavement. So I'm really looking forward to everything that you guys have coming up as well.
0: Yeah, and the, the cool thing is that they were out of Chicago, and that was one of our big our big things is like, okay, they're local. So we're, we're heading out in like two weeks to go start recording the record, the next record. I was like, well, this guy can come down actually to the studio and watch us record this record, and we can actually talk and meet face-to-face. And, and these guys, they have such a good track record already, and they're in with our agency that, that uh, it's just like a whole big thing that's going to help us, I feel, in the long run.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, obviously, you guys you guys got yourself this far already being independent, but you, sometimes you need a little push from outside people to, to get your guys' stuff higher up. Right.
0: And, we, like, I had been burned – we signed with a booking agency out of Florida, right? So maybe two years ago, we, this agency was interested in us. We signed with them. They didn't book us for anything. And, and it really soured me. Like we spent all this money to get on their agency. They didn't book us one show, not one show. We were still sending out emails, driving in the bus, like booking shows, calling venues. And we're like, why, why are we doing this? We're on an agency. Shouldn't a guy be doing this? And it was, so it makes me feel like, um, I'm very reserved when it comes to handing over control to anybody else, because we're so involved. We, this is what we do every day. It's not just a show.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. You have to be with good hands. I've heard about you know, a lot of either record labels or promoters or booking agencies that are really screwed over
0: talent just yep. by just not doing anything. Yep, and that's the, the thing, that's the thing that our manager says. He's like, the only people that get screwed in this business are the talent terrible terrible way he goes I, so i don't know there's no good there's no bad you just got to kind of roll with it and hopefully something works out
1: yeah that's i've never heard someone actually say that but actually when you break it all down like the people providing the entertainment and music are the people who don't get paid
0: yep that's exactly it
1: it's it's kind of sad and it, I've, I've.
0: yeah so i i think i think payments a good move for us I think it's a big, big enough label where they're not going to screw us over. That I, I feel that strongly.
1: Yeah, and I, I think they have a
0: good track record of
1: loose bands. I've talked yeah. to on pavement that they, they actually live up to their end of the bargain. Cool, cool. I'm excited. I, I am for you guys too. Yeah. But I got a cool question for you because yeah. I know you, you listen to a lot of different styles of music and a lot of different
0: influences. But what music have you been listening to this week, Sam? This week, uh, I've been. What, what were we doing? So I, I do listen to a ton of music all the time because I'm a, I'm a DJ at a strip club. I do it five or six nights a week, right? And so you're like, I'm stuck listening to just the worst strip club music. But it's over and over. And I've got it down to a science where I know how to make a party happen and how, how it to pop off. And you got to play these terrible tunes, but it'll make the crowd go wild. They'll drink. The girls make money. So I get it i'm not above playing anything but the bands that i've been loving are uh the stuff that sounded really good was like the wild hearts are you familiar with the wild hearts i'm not I mean, no it's like a uk band it's another cross band that that crosses punk and they were really big in, in like the 90s there's build as like we're going to be the next rolling stones and th- th- it never happened but it's it's a band called the wild hearts i've been listening to um what was i listening to just today elvis For some reason, Elvis like does it for me every time. And uh, I watched something about, I'm really interested. I love music and I'm interested in the other side of it. So I was watching, listening to podcasts about like uh, the tour manager for the Rolling Stones or the Grateful Dead. And I'm interested in the Grateful Dead. I don't know if I necessarily like their music but the way that the counterculture and the way that they created a whole living being out of this band you know like where people travel to all these shows and like it was just but in the end it was like five guys that would take acid and and play music and it turned into this monster of a rock and roll band that's the kind of stuff that interests me is is like the other side not i love the music but it's like the other side where did we how did we get here
1: yeah for sure just hearing the the stories and like the um how how it actually all came to be i mean like that like acid rock of you know, whatever the Grateful Dead was, was just so huge that, as you said, like so many people actually just follow them around the country. Yeah. Like, going to show after show just to see them.
0: I, I find it so interesting, and especially like the Rolling Stones changed the whole dynamic on how bands toured. In In 69, they were the biggest band in the world. They took it from the Beatles. They were the, the, the world's greatest rock and roll band. Well, how did they get there? What did they do to get there? And then what happened after that they became even bigger you know i am really interested in the history and it's not like almost you're telling those tales and you're like just taking little pieces and going like i can use that i can use that it's so inspirational to me to just listen to that old rock those rock and roll stories i love them i work at a record shop so guys will come in and tell me stories all day long and that's like the coolest thing ever is they'll tell me these stories of oh i went and saw ac dc I just love hearing that those rock and roll stories. That's, like, my, my thing.
1: Yeah, especially just for the Rolling Stones to, like, really blow up and, like, have that legacy that they are still building on, too, that they are, you know, continue touring and all that as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, this week, I've obviously been listening to you guys, Midnight Devils, and enjoying something bitter. Uh, and I've been listening to um, The Almas. I was listening to yeah. uh, them like, a couple couple days ago at work, so I was jamming to them. Uh, some 41,
0: uh, I really enjoy them. That was one that uh, I play, I just played them, the song, what is it? Um, I played it at work the other night, and the whole place went crazy. Uh, what is their, one of their b- really big hits? Is Fat it, Lip. What? Fat Lip. No, uh, deep is it deep in it or down in it?
1: Oh, no. um, oh, I should know this. This the is the one
0: from, like the American Pie, uh, they sounded great. So I'm playing, I'm playing some 41 to say a, a entire club full of 25 to 30 year olds, and I pull, pull that song up. Everybody knew it, everybody knew it. They're like, This is so much fun, this is great. I'm like, Man, yeah, into deep it was in too, deep, in too deep that's it yep
1: yeah. yeah that was yeah that that's going a ways back i think that was what their first album i want to say that that that's a ways back
0: but it killed it it just slayed them. the every all the girls were dancing having a blast that's how, yeah, that's what it should be
1: like i saw them live and it was it was a
0: party man it was it was that was insane
1: probably one of the most like just the rowdiness of the crowd. Like, that was probably one of the, for, for the longest time, like I went to a lot of concerts and the crowd didn't get as rowdy as when I saw some 41.
0: And I think there's, I never got into pop punk like that, but I'm coming around. And I think that that's an era of music that was, they'll start doing like documentaries and, and stuff because it was so influential to all of us growing up. Uh, I was never in a pop punk band. I never got to do that. But I would watch those guys and be like, they got so many girls at their shows. I'm over here playing in, like, an a old-school punk band. There's just dudes in leather jackets. These guys are playing to 300 girls every night, and they're making a career out of it, and they're touring all over. I think it was a really cool time that nobody's really talked about yet. They're like, yep. late 90s going into 2000s.
1: Yeah, for sure. And just how it just really died off. Yeah. And never really got like a resurrection. I mean, there's still some like some bands still going, but really, there's not a lot of new bands doing that pop punk style. It kind of just died off in the like probably I would say like late two thousands ish. I
0: would say around there, and never really got a revival. You know, like Blink One Eighty Two and and all these cool bands. Even like Green Day, like, I don't know if I consider Green Day, but Blink One Eighty Two, Fallout, Out Boy, Sum Forty One, all those cool bands. They still sound really good. When I play them at the club, people still go crazy, you know?
1: Yeah, that's what I like. And their music was mainstream. It was in, like, almost, like, a bunch of movies. It was on the radio station. It was everywhere. And then just kind of fell off,
0: you know, that whole genre fell off. So I'm interested to see what happens. I It's, it's one of my go-to nows at the club every time.
1: Well, it's good to know if you're at a strip club and you're DJing it that uh, some 41 is going to be on.
0: It's like yeah, it's like some forty one uh, lit my own worst enemy. One eighty two that they, they will always get the crowd going. Same with if you play uh, what's weird is Def Leppard. Pour some sugar on me will always get the crowd going, which I kind of think is a lame song. Well, as far as Def Leppard goes, like I think they wrote a ton of really cool stuff. That one's kind of just medium and not fast. But Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, you just write, like, I will play A C D C Shook Me All Night Long, every night, and people just go crazy to sing along. That's the, that's, it's a different, I put on a different strip club show than, than you would normally go and see.
1: I'm going to have to check that out sometime. I'm probably going to spend a bunch of money, but I'm yeah. going to have sometime.
0: And it's cool because the girls hate it. They don't know it. You know, they're, they're all 20-something-year-old girls, and they're like, they just want to dance to Cardi B. And I'm like, no, no, no. You got to trust me. Like, I will change the whole dynamic of this club by playing girls, 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 or cherry pie. And all these dudes are going to fucking love it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to check you out because I haven't seen a strip club actually play music like that. That's other than, like, like, generic pop music. So, I'll have to check you out sometime if I'm in the area. It's different. It's
0: cool, yeah. You're always invited. Anytime you want.
1: Sweet. I will definitely, if I'm in that area, I'll definitely check it out. But Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. I do got one more thing before I let you go. What can you, what can we expect from the Midnight Devils for the new year of 2021?
0: We are uh like I said, in two weeks we're going to Chicago to record our, our second our sophomore release with Chips Enough from Enoughs Enough is gonna be producing the record. And uh that's gonna be cool. Like we're our ducks are lining up. We got the label, we got the producer. We got the second record coming out. Cool. Everything's lined up. The Loudness Tour goes out in October. So right now we are kind of being patient to decide when is it safe for us to go back out on the road. Our priority number one is get the record done, put out a video. We're going to put out uh, a vinyl, like a vinyl record, and make it look really cool. I think vinyl's coming back huge. We're going to make a colored vinyl, whether it's a single or a full length, with some great art and put, put that out for our fans. I think that's the, the way you have to do it. You have to make it look good, get all your graphics and everything together, and people will love that. So as far as touring plans, I'm not sure. April 1st, or April 2nd, we're in Denver for a, a big festival. I think we got one scheduled in Baltimore in like a Labor Day weekend. And we'll probably be out there. For sure, The the October thing with loudness is on. We're just kind of waiting like everybody else.
1: Yeah, and then you know as I said, it looks like things are starting to trend in the right direction. So hopefully we you know, live shows and all that stuff will come back, you know, slowly, obviously, but hopefully it'll come back.
0: Yeah, we just don't want to do and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I don't want to I don't want to play to, for the sake of playing. You know, I, I see bands going out and they're they're doing shows, but it's like they got like the shield, the plexiglass shields in front of the whole stage or it's social distance. I don't want to do that just for my own sake. Like I want to be able to give the fans what they they want, what they deserve. So we're I can be patient on that end and wait till things are are safe and easy for everybody to go out.
1: Yeah, I talked to a, another musician about that, and he said he didn't want to tour because it's not the show that he wants to put on because yeah. you know, obviously you have like a person over there, person standing over there, and it's just not it's not fun because you can't really do as much.
0: Yeah, and there are places that are open, so we're tossing around the idea of like, hey, we're just going to tour in the states or the, the cities that are open and just kind of make it happen but then i also feel like then we're doing it just a tour you know so i don't i don't want to do it for the wrong reasons for my personal reasons i want to be able to do it for for everybody so that we do it right yeah and doing it right i think is the, the most important thing
1: yeah you don't want to rush it especially right now stuff still you know it's it's tedious but i think it's still it's still the right decision yep so I'm looking forward to the new music you're working on. Congrats on signing with Paveman. He's if anyone good. hasn't checked out something bigger, please do so. It is awesome.
0: Yes, and we got uh, we got our website, uh, you can We have a bunch of merch up there. We got, just released a new hoodie line, and we'll be releasing new artwork, like signed art, artwork with uh, personalized videos with it. But everything everything is shipped from me to you. So it's it's a very in-house punk rock operation. Very
1: cool. Make sure to check out their website. It looks very nice. I've checked it out before. It looks very professional,
0: to be honest. I, I put that together actually and it sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> I spent so much, so much time just going, This is fucking terrible. I hate building websites. I've done it three times now and I'm just like, This is the worst, the worst part about being in this band.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm- I just, I haven't, just, I haven't built the website because I'm like, I don't really want to deal with this. I have my social medias and I just <laughs> kind of been rolling with that right now.
0: <laughs> it just takes forever. It's just such a time consuming thing. <laughs> Especially to make it
1: look right, make all the links work, and have yeah. that
0: all work. It is very time consuming. But uh, unnecessary evil. And I was like, well, I didn't want to hire anybody because I can do it myself. I'm just gonna sit here and take bite the bullet and make it happen. <laughs> That's right.
1: Uh, Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Very uh, extended interview. A lot of fun chatting with you. Please check out Midnight Devils. Check out their website. Listen to their music. Please support Midnight Devils because they are really cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. For Sam Spade of the
0: Midnight Devils, I'm Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio. Thank you for watching.